Good afternoon, church. So I just want to jump on what any sh- uh, shared. Um, Gabby, I'm going to give you a scripture now. Just need to find it. Can put on Hebrews eleven twenty nine, please. So I don't know if you guys know. A few weeks ago, Lucas uh, remember Lucas said that um, can we read Hebrews ten eleven and twelve? So I read Hebrews. I've been spending time in Hebrews, and um, and you read about. Hebrews 11, the chapter of faith. And you read about all these mighty men and women of God. Right? By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Rahab. By faith, Moses. By faith, Sarah gave birth. Because she wobbled a bit halfway through that, having faith. But she's there. By faith, Moses built an ark for something he could not see that never existed. By faith, the walls of Jericho came down. And it goes on to share. And every one of us, when you read that, is like, yes, Lord. Use me, Lord. I want to be there that run around the building and the walls come down of the enemy, not the church. And then you read the second part of that chapter and it says that they were killed, flogged by faith. By faith they were imprisoned, they were cut in half, sawed in half, they were destitute, they had no place to go, and this world was not worthy of them. And as you stand, you're like, your Lord, I'm walking faith. But you know that you do not actually know in the natural way that's going to take you. We know there's an eternal inheritance waiting for each and every one of us if we walk by faith. Because those that are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And there is this inheritance for us. But we don't know what we really get in this world, in this time. Remember when uh, the Lord was speaking to Peter? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. And then Jesus told him, how is he going to die? He said, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to go where you do not want to go. And then he looked and he saw John and he said, "Uh, what about him? Surely there's also something waiting for him. And Jesus said, if it's up to me and I want him to live until I come back again, what is it to you? Follow me. And the truth is, as we give ourselves to the Lord, there is no promises of having an amazing time in this life. And often I've seen both. I've seen as believers, when we give ourselves to faith and we believe in the things we cannot see, 
and when you give yourself to God's way, I've seen both happen. I've seen your mighty victories in God, and I've seen tests and trials and struggles in God. But it's in faith. And it's not to be shaken out of that thing. And when I was reading Hebrews 11, I saw this here. By faith the people paused, passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith. Okay, so just the first one. Hebrews 11:29. So there that Annie shared was, they actually in the chapter of faith. Do you know that most of that people in the chapter of faith, there that by faith they passed through, died out. They died in a desert, like any shit. But they're in the faith chapter. But you know, they had a moment of faith. And when I, when I saw that, I'm like, they, don't, they shouldn't even be in the chapter of faith. I mean, the Lord just did miraculous things. He just sent plagues. They just had a Passover where every firstborn was saved when they put the blood of the lamb on the door. I'm like, they should have been full of faith. But not really. If you go to Exodus, in, you don't have to put it up, but in Exodus, Exodus 10, 14, 10, it says, when they saw the Egyptians chasing them, they were afraid, and they cried out to Moses. And this was the habit. If you read the, oh, the, the journey of the Israelites, this was the habit of them. Oh, why, oh, why, oh, why? Hey, the, to Moses, have you brought us here into the desert to die? Was there not enough graves in Egypt for us to die there? It was better to be a slave in Egypt than to die here. They, they lost faith. And I'm like, but you just saw what the Lord, the Lord just did all these mighty things. He set you free. You saw got gold and you got, you, the, your captors gave you extras. And where is your faith? So they're crying to Moses, and Moses goes, and he tells them, the Lord has got this. The Lord has got you. Have you not seen what he's done? And they go, come, and then Moses goes to the Lord and says, like the people are crying, and the Lord says, and this verse I want to put up, if I can find it. Hmm. If you put Exodus 14, 10 to 15, please. I'm just going to have to find it there. Okay, carry on to 15. So number 15. And then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. And that is faith. Often we can be in a place where they were stuck. They had the Red Sea before them. And behind them, they had the armies of Egypt. The might of Egypt. And they had no place to go in their sight. And often we can be in a place where we can't see what the Lord is doing. In the natural, when we look, there's a sea in front of us. And there's the enemy behind and we're crying out to the Lord, Lord, Lord. And really the Lord is saying, move forward in faith. I've already made a way. 
And in that moment they did, because actually the, the Red Sea wasn't parted yet, the sea was in front of them. And Moses said, put his staff out and the sea parted and they went through. And they had a moment of faith. And then they should have had an 11-day journey to the land of Canaan, to the promised land. You know, the, the wilderness or the desert was a place of transition. It was not where they belonged. Like Annie said, they should have been passing through. And as they came to the land of Canaan, 12 spies were sent in. And when they came back, 10 came back with a bad report. 10 came back and said, they looked with their eyes. They walked by sight. And they said, there are giants in the land. And it was all true. There are giants in the land. These high walls. It is fortified. You know, there's amazing fruit and things in that city. But we cannot take it. And they saw with their sight. And Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit. And they came and they looked by faith. And they said, I can see with my eyes. I can see what we're facing. I can see giants. I can see eye walls. I can see all these things. But I know my God. And I know the promises He's given to us, He will keep. That He will make a way. That He parted the Red Sea. He's looked after us in the wilderness. He's fed us. That He will make a way. And then the people want to stone them. So what the Lord said is, they didn't for a dwell for 40 years in a desert. The Lord said they will be in the desert until they die out. That generation dies out. They, weren't, they didn't need Google Maps. They knew where they needed to go. They weren't lost in the desert. So was the 11-day trip and the Lord said, because of your unbelief, you will not enter in. And that generation died out in the desert. And I asked for each and every one, when any brought that word, I felt for us here, that the Lord's been speaking for the past while to us. Walk by faith and not by sight. Because if you don't, you're going to get stuck. You're going to get stuck in a place you don't belong. You're going to get stuck in a place you should be passing through. And if you don't break free from that place, you can die there. And the only way we enter into the new, the only way we enter into the next thing the Lord has for us, the next season the Lord has for us is by faith. By looking to our God. And as that song came up, who can stop the Lord Almighty? And he said, well, we can. For what the Lord has for each and every one of us, we can stop it. Because they stopped it. The Lord had a promise for them that in the chapter of faith, by faith they passed through the sea. But they had a moment of faith. They didn't walk by faith. They didn't push through in faith. No, like, like the Lord, like, um, like to the Galatian church, like Paul said, oh foolish Galatians, don't start in the spirit and end in the flesh. And that's exactly what happened to them. They started in faith. They entered in. They, I mean, they left. They found freedom by faith, but they couldn't enter into the new. And they die there. They don't get stuck. 
Okay, I just felt that's what the Lord was telling us this morning. Through Annie's word, uh, the preach hasn't started. My clock will start now. Uh, well, I will try my best. Okay, I'll keep my time on here. So, yeah. But thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for... Thank you that you do not want us to get stuck, Lord. Thank you that you want us to walk in the fullness of what you call us, Lord. Thank you that you want us to walk in purpose, Lord. Gabby, if you can put that picture up, please, that uh, I think Faith sent you. So while Gabby's doing that, oh, there's the day. Does anyone know what that is? It's a crochet group that has crocheted scarves for our Danoon congregation that we dealt out today at the nine o'clock service. That is why my community group isn't here today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So part of the congregation is out in the noon, they were there for the nine o'clock service. They've been making, the Lord spoke to them about making uh, scarves, crocheting scarves. And they actually put it on every chair this morning as the people came in there at scarves. So that's where they are today. We've got Antrin, and Annalyn, Lucas, and a few other guys in Ace of Fontaine, blessing them, ministering there. And I say, this is how the body works. The body active, the body blessing, the body moving. And I say for each and every one of us, we are part of the body, the church. We are part of a body that must be united. It must be a unity of the Spirit, the oneness in us. That, Lord, you're going to work in us and through us. And I wonder if I can get two volunteers this morning. Was I tell you up front? Uh, Elijah. One more. George, come. I must say, you are very brave just coming up without me telling you what it's for. So, Elijah, in one minute, just share how you got saved. When I was in the church, were you in your bedroom, what, how did it work? Awesome. So, yeah, be ready in and out of season. Shucks, learning my lesson proper. Um, yeah, so um, I grew up in a Christian church and like with my parents worshipping the Lord, um, all the time, um, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, but it's just, I think it's, um, I think the word that I'm going to use is sanctification. The Lord's really sanctified me, um, and that's my testimony. Um, so, yeah, I uh, grew up in a Christian church, and at the age of nine, I knew that I knew that I knew that I wanted to live fully for the Lord. So I got baptized, uh, spoke to my dad about it, got baptized in our pool with a bunch of people watching, which is one of the best experiences of my life. Um, uh, yeah, and then just from then, the Lord's really spoken to me about, to a greater degree, to lay my life down. Um, and that's what it looks like. Thanks, Elijah. George? Um, so I gave my life to the Lord, I think I was three years old, um, with my mom. But I think 
ever since I was about 11 or 12, around there, I really actually started to realize what it is to be a Christian. And then it's also very similar to Elijah. It's from there I've been encountering the Lord and having words and really experiencing him for the first time. Um, and I think I, th- I might have thought I was saved when I was three years old, but until I was 11 or 12, I didn't actually know until I experienced him and then I knew. Awesome, George. So, the reason I asked him to share, and anyone could share, anyone that's saved in the house this morning could share, is because the word says, by grace we have been saved, through faith. And there's nothing that we, we did, there's nothing that we can boast in. And for every single person that's been saved, whether you were caught in addiction, whether you grew up in the church, whether you were in prison, Whatever your story is, it's a miracle of God. And for each and every one of us, the story is like this. The grace of God came. Elijah said, I knew that I knew. There was a moment I knew that I knew. The grace of God came to us. Stirred up faith in our hearts. And then we need to take a step of faith. We need to say, Lord, We had a moment in the church with friends, whatever it was, and we had a moment where grace came. And we knew that faith was being stirred. We didn't know what we're putting our hand up for, what we're saying yes to, but we knew that we knew. We couldn't see it, but we knew we had to take a step of, Lord, I need you. I need Jesus. I can't do this on my own. And this is what we call saving faith. But I want to say that this morning, if you saved this morning, that was a moment. If you said a, said a sinner's prayer, it was a moment. You got saved by faith. But then there's a walk of faith that we need to take. Uh, Gabby, if you can put up John 3, 3 to 6. So this goes, so this is about being born again. So Nicodemus, he was a priest, he was a Pharisee, and he asked Jesus, um, I know that you are a man of God, I know that you are of God because of all the things you are doing, and this is Jesus' reply. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom unless he is born again. How can a man be born born when he is old? Nicodemus asked, surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. And I remember when I heard that for the first time. So I got the Catholic background. And Tanya started going to this, uh, at that time I thought it was a happy clappy church. That's what I thought it was called. And I went with her for about a month. And I remember the first time I went to that service, and I was a nominal Catholic. When I was young, I went every Sunday, and when I became an adult, I went whenever the guilt got high enough, which was normally two to three months. I'd go, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to just cleanse. And that was my walk. And I heard this thing, and I'm like, no, no, for me, the born-again guys were the guys that were 
a bit peculiar. They're Christians, but they're a bit strange. But no one ever told me that Jesus said, the king of the kingdom said, you need to be born again. I've ne- I never heard it. And I'm like, I'm sure this is in their version of the Bible. So this is how little I knew. I thought every version of the Bible was a different denomination. So I thought, okay, the ESV is for the Baptists. The NIV is for the... That's how my mind worked. I was like, I knew nothing. So I asked the guys here, can I see the Bible in the church? And I read, oh, it is there, John 3, 3, be born again. Jesus said so. The king of the kingdom said so. So I said, no, someone would have told me it's probably in their Bible, not in the Catholic Bible. So I went home and I found my bookie. It was a Sunday missile. It was whatever it was called. I couldn't find it in there because it's not the Bible. But in Tanya's mother had an amazing Bible. She had like this massive white Bible. I think when she got married, they had gold around it. Gold on the outer courts of it, of the pages. I turned around. There was a picture of, I think, Pope John Paul II was on there. And I was like, this is the Bible. <laughs> this is the Bible. And I opened it up and I said, we're not going to find it in this one. And then I opened up John 3 in the Catholic Bible with the Pope on it. Jesus said, unless you are born again. And I was like, yeah, no one told me. And I, I think about a month later, I gave my heart to the Lord. I, I was hearing the, the preaching. I was like, you were speaking to me. And I gave my heart to the Lord, really when Christ came. To say your time is now. And my heart was opened up. And I gave my heart to the Lord. But I'm going to say that, you know that in John 3, where Jesus speaks about being born again? You know how much times does Jesus speak about being born again in the Bible? Does anyone know? I know Joey will know. Anyone else? No, not you. You, you heard it before. Anyone else now? Joey? Once. Joey said 25 times, so he's, bro, I'm going to bring a Bible to you after the service. So Jesus spoke, spoke once about being born again. But you know what he did speak about? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. So he spoke once about being born again. And even in the context of being born again, he related to the kingdom. He said, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom and you cannot enter the kingdom. And he was saying that being born again was the starting point. It was your entry, it was your passport. Your way through the door to enter into the kingdom. It was the beginning, not the end. And it's killed, like, I was actually speaking to Keelan and Nicole, they're having a baby. And I was saying, like, sometimes as believers, we can be, oh, I'm born again, I'm okay, I can just chill. That's like being pregnant. And then when the baby comes, like, everything is on that day. And when the baby comes, like, shoo, we're done. And it is an incredible day. I remember when I had my first, my second, and my third child. It was incredible. It was amazing. I remember looking at the thingy, them sitting in the incubator. And it was incredible. An incredible day. I looked at their eyes, their hands. I was like, how? Oh. How, oh, God? It was wondrous. It was amazing. But it was the beginning. The birth was the beginning. And I'm like, and I told them, yo, there's a liquor walk. It's the start of a journey. There is a long walk. And for each and every one of us, we need to get that. That, that was the start. When you got saved, it was the start of a journey. 
It wasn't, whew, I'm arrived, I'm in. I just entered in. And I want to go through some of the, the things that Jesus said about the kingdom of God. But in Matthew 13, if you just read Matthew 13, you're going to see all the parables he shared about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is, the kingdom of heaven is. And if we are part of the kingdom of heaven, then we need to know how does the kingdom of heaven look. Because when we read how the kingdom of heaven looks, we see, oh, that's how we should look. So I'm going to go through quickly some of those parables. The first one is going to take a bit of time. Because we as the church is the kingdom manifested in part. Nothing of kingdom now and not yet. The kingdom of heaven has not come in its fullness, but it has come to a measure to the power of the Holy Spirit in the church. But it will come in its fullness when Jesus comes again. So Jesus starts teaching on what the kingdom of heaven is. And Gabby, if you can put up Matthew 13, 3 to 9. So this is the parable of the sower. Then he told them many things in parables. A farmer went out to sow his seed. He was scattering the seed. Some falling along the path, and the birds came to eat them up. Some fell in the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scattered, and they withered because they had no uh, scorched and they had no root. Other seed fell among, among the thorns where they grew up and choked the plants. Still others fell on good soil where they produced a crop. 160, 30 times what was sown. The last one, you as ears, let him hear. So this parable, Jesus is saying, this is how you receive the message of the kingdom. So some, everyone can receive the message, but how, what will you do with it? Where will it land? So the first one there is, it's on the pathways. So it didn't take. And Jesus goes on to explain that not everyone will understand it. Some received that they did not understand that it was snatched from them. And I remember before I got born again in my, when I was 30, many times I've heard, I heard, like I said now, I never heard about being born again, but I lied. Because in my mind I remember when they told me, being born, I remember telling people, no one ever told me. But then the Lord reminded me as I did this walk, remember when you were in university and those Girls, girls invited you to, to church. And they were talking about being born again and whatever, but you didn't understand it. Remember when I spoke to you when you were in Standard 1? I remember I was in Standard 1. I was sharing with some guys that um, I know now. Then I didn't understand it. Um... So I had learning difficulties, so I failed sub-A, or my mother says they held me back, but they held you back, failed, it's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> and, I, and I think I had ADD because I just couldn't understand things. And I remember, and I was, I think, in the D class or the E class, and those that are old enough to remember, there used to be a grading system where the A class, you're going to make it, the B class, you're probably going to, 
C-class, we're starting to lose a little bit of faith. D-E-F, ach shame. <laughs> that was how it worked back in the day. There was none of this. We all together, everyone gets a prize. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm saying that is how we, it was for us. So I was like in the D-class, and I remember in standard one, and I couldn't understand my work, and I remember praying to the Lord, and I said, God, if you're real, if you're real, help me. And I made a bold prayer. I said, Lord, if you're real, I want to be first. Not first in the class, first in the grade. Now let me tell you, to be in the E, D, or E class and come first in the grade, that's not going to happen. And I remember playing, the, and I did nothing different. I studied, wrote the exams, went to fetch my report. I forgot I prayed it, and I came first in the grade. And I remember running home and looking for my parents' phone numbers. There was no cell phones. It was the thing, the phone with the dial. <laughs> looking for that thing, looking for numbers, look, phoning the, my mother worked for Ford, phoning the help desk at Ford. Can you put me through to? And the reason I wanted to speak to them, I couldn't wait till I get home, is not to tell them that I came first, but it was to tell them that God's real. And I remember from that day, the Lord built a confidence in me. He broke something in me. He gave me an understanding. And from that day, I went to school, I went to university, and I was always strong. There was a confidence that I knew that I knew that God was with me in this thing. And from that day, I prayed every single day. With Lord, I know you. I wasn't going to church, but Lord, I know you're real. Now, when I had a family, every day, Lord, I know you're real. Protect my family. Protect my, protect my... And I wasn't saved. I had no understanding. I didn't know what to do with it. And then the second one is, it falls on the pathway. The second one is, it falls on rocky soil. And that is, oh, it is receive a great joy. Woo, saved. Yes, Lord, I'll die for you. Take it all, Lord. And this isn't a time thing where it takes a week, a month, a year, five years. But when the real trial comes, when the sun comes, when the real test comes, and you feel like you're getting scorched, like, yo, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't expect this from God. And you walk away, you fall away. Because it says the ground was shallow. There was no roots growing. And, I, and all of these things, I feel for me, all of these things in my heart, as, in, as I lived this life, I feel like each of these things, there was a time where I experienced this way I received the message of the gospel. So I'm not like, guys, I am speaking to myself. And it came on rocky ground, and when I asked this morning, are you rooted? Do you know that you know that this is where the Lord has you? That you are rooted in the kingdom? Like Elijah said, I knew that I knew. Do you know that you are rooted? That your roots are growing? And, we, and I'm not saying, oh no, I am rooted in the church of God. I am rooted with a certain thing I'm watching on YouTube. There's a church there. Now I'm saying, are you rooted in a local congregation? Because we all come together. The body works together. You cannot work and operate and bless and serve. You cannot go to the noon with a YouTube church. Because that is not the church. That is, I just want to receive. How are you part of a body that is living and active, that is stepping out in faith? And then the third one is, 
It felt unso- fell on soil, but then the thorns came amongst thorns. And once the thorns that was, they choked the life out of the seeds. There was no life out of the plants. And there was two things that choked. It was the troubles of this world, the concerns of this world. They, oh, how am I going to pay this? How am I going to do this? The concerns of this We shift our focus of the Lord onto our situation. Oh, there's giants in the land. The walls are high. And we take our focus of the Lord. And we slowly start getting choked out. But it also says not only the struggles, it's the successes. It's the deception of wealth, of success, of achievement. It's like, you, I'm doing so well in my business. You, I need to prioritize my business for the season. Lord, just give me five years just to build something and then I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to prioritize your kingdom. But it is now. And I remember being in that place of a sense of being choked. Like, Lord, I don't have the life. And I ask, is anyone feeling choked, stuck this morning? That you are, Lord, I don't have the life that is promised in your word. And then the last one is the soil that is fruitful, that is good. And it produces 30, 60, 100 by harvest. Okay, so that is the way we receive the word. Are you fruitful this morning? I like the fact I didn't say you will be 100 by it. See, some is 30, some is 60, some is 100, everyone to the portion. But are you fruitful? So that is how we receive the word. And the others I'm going to go through quickly. Oh, and the last part there, it says, it ends with those who have ears to hear, let them hear. You know how that speaks to? Are you teachable? As you're sitting here, are you like, Lord, speak to me this morning? Or are you sitting here, hmm, I've got opinions on what he's saying. Hmm, I'm not sure if it's for me. Or are you like, Lord, whatever needs to settle, let me have ears to hear, eyes to see, and eyes to receive. Are you teachable? This is how kingdom people look. Then it speaks about the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast. So the mustard seed says that it's the smallest seed, but it grows slowly and it grows into a massive tree where the birds can come and, and rest and perch. So the Jews expected the kingdom of God to come in power. But Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a small mustard seed that grows. And it's growing and it's advancing and it's growing and it's growing and it's going to grow into a tree with deep roots. But it's not going to come in its completeness, in its fullness until He comes again. And that needs to be in us. In us is there was there a seed planted that is busy growing. Are we maturing? Is our roots going deep? Is the Lord building something deep in us? And is our tree branches going wide? Is it going wide into the noon? Is it going wide into Asafontein? Is it going wide into my workplace? Is it going wide into the places the Lord has you? Because the kingdom of, of God goes deep, rooted, and it goes wide. And then it speaks about the, the yeast in the dough. 
And it says that the yeast, a little bit of yeast will be worked into the dough, will, will be worked in, will be worked in, will be worked in until it impacts the whole thing, the whole dough. And that is how the kingdom of God advances. You take a little bit of it and it works in. It doesn't just happen, it's needed in, it's worked in until it permeates what it touches. Can I ask, are you working the yeast today? Like where you are found, where you are, I don't know where you day to day, where you are, are you having an impact? Because the kingdom of God will impact what it is part of. And then it goes on to speak about the parable of hidden treasures and the pearl of great price. And it says the kingdom of heaven it's like a treasure in a field. And when you find it with great joy, you can sell everything you had to purchase it. Similarly, it speaks about the pearl of great price, the merchant looking for this pearl. And when he found the pearl of great price, he sold all his other pearls. I want to ask you this morning, does the kingdom of God have its rightful place. Does it, do you value it? Do you really value it? Another way to ask this question is most people will say, yes, the kingdom of God. Most people will say yes. But I'll ask you this. When last did you make a sacrifice? Make something that costs you. Make a choice. Make a call for the kingdom above your plan, your choice, what you wanted to do. Because our plans, our lives must be built around kingdom. We don't make a call on, oh, this will be good for me, this job, this city, this country. The, the way we build, the way we make our choices is kingdom, Lord. Lord, where are you taking me? What's the next step of faith for me? And even if it costs. So do we value it? And then the last two is the parable of the wheat and tares, or the weeds. And it says there was a man that planted wheat in the field, and at night, his enemy came and planted tares, weeds, into the field. And when they saw it, the worker said, must ask the, the man, must we remove it? And he said, don't remove it, because you cannot see the difference between wheat and tares. You can only see a time of harvest. What is the wheat and what is the tears? And he said, do not remove it, because you might remove the wheat. But the day will come in harvest time where I will, we will divide it and the tears will be burnt in fire and the wheat will be taken into the barn. And then he goes and speaks about another parable about the net, the catch net. And he said, we dropped this net, the fishermen dropped this net into the lake. They caught many types of fish, all colors, all shapes, all sizes. He caught this fish. And then when they got to shore, they had to separate the bad fish from the good fish. They threw away the bad fish and they kept the good fish. And this is the kingdom of God. So how do we receive it? Are we rooted? Are we fruitful? Is it increasing in, in us? Is it advancing in us? 
Is it growing in us and through us? Is it having an impact in us? Are we changing? If you look last year, I'm kind of the same. Because then you're stuck. Because we should be changing. It must have an impact in us and then through us. The roots and then the branches. Is a tree being built in you? Does it have its value? Is the kingdom of God the most valuable thing to you? Is the plans of God, the ways of God, the people of God, the call of God, the tests of God, is that the thing you say, Lord, give me the faith for these things. I want to have a different spirit. You know what, when he said he has a different spirit, because everyone has the spirit of sight. That is the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world looks at a situation and tries to make a call, and the whole time it's building and shaping around what is best for me. The opposite spirit is kingdom. Lord, I'm to be shaped, molded, and used for your glory. Check the time. Ooh, one o'clock. Okay. Um, okay, I'm leave. I'll count Annie's uh, word thingy in there. There is a lot more stuff to say, but I'm not going to. How many of you believe that you've heard truth over this past few weeks about faith? And just lift up your hand. Just, if you believe there has been truth, if you believe you heard, you've heard truth today, just, just lift up your hand. You heard truth today. It's in the word. Lord, this is the way your kingdom works. Okay. And I think all those questions are asked. We all need to give an answer for that. But before I go there, I don't know where is Gav. You want, can you do all the call or can I go? All eyes closed, heads bowed. I was just, when I woke up this morning, I was reminded of Polly um, Graham when he had his, he was 95 and he had his last, he had an interview his last interview before he passed. And one of the things the guy asked, the interviewer asked him was, you've lived to 95. What is the thing that surprised you the most about life? And he said, it's brevity, it's shortness. He said, I'm 95 now, and just the other day I was playing in the, on the farm. And that's why the day of salvation is today. This time we have it short. So now, if there's anyone here this morning that you know, you know, Lord, I, have, I need you. You've never given your heart to the Lord. You've never received the message of the gospel. Or maybe you have received it. Maybe you put your hand up for a sinner's prayer. Maybe you, you, someone prayed for you in a room. Someone prayed for you at church. But you know, oh Lord, it didn't settle on good soil. 
Lord, I want to come again. I want to say, Lord, come. Come by your grace. Come by your grace. Open up my heart that I may receive this morning. Lord, that I need you. I need eternal life. Lord, that I am a sinner. I've lived for myself. I'm doing great at the moment or I am struggling at the moment, whichever. But Lord, this morning I know that I need you. If there's anyone in the house this morning, just lift up your hand. Just be bold. Just lift up your hand. I see that hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else this morning? I see that hand. Anyone else? And you know that you know, Lord, I've heard truth this morning. I want to walk in your ways. I want to be fruitful. I want to be rooted. All those things. But I can't do it without you, without your grace, Lord. Just lift up your hand. I see those two hands. Anyone else? Okay. Okay, you can open your eyes. Thank you, Lord, for the hands that went up. Thank you, Lord. We can just give the Lord a hand this morning for what he's doing. And what I'm going to do, after, I'm going to ask those guys to come to the front, and we're going to pray for you, but I'll say when. Because there's another call this morning. You know, last week there was a call, the Lord was working, there was a call that went out, and nobody came, no one put up their hand to come forward for prayer. And after the service, a few people came to me, I think on Tuesday and Wednesday, people were messaging me, you know, I should have... But you know, if the Lord's busy working right now, now is the time to come forward. The reason we come together is so that the Lord can use us to minister. So I ask all those questions that went out earlier. Do you know that you know that this is where you belong? Let me say, when I got saved for the first time, in the, the church I got saved, and I've been in two churches in my life, the first church I went to, and I got nothing bad to say about the church, I never got rooted because of me. I always had this independent thing. I'm halfway in, I'm halfway out. I had like this visitor mentality, this orphan mentality. I wasn't a son in the house. I'm like, I'll check you out from afar for two years. I never gave myself to it. I never got rooted. I never got planted into it. So it was easy for me to leave. And when I came here for two years, I never got rooted and planted. I never gave myself to it until the Lord came and spoke to me. So these things I'm speaking about is not things that I have not walked in. Everything I've shared today, I've walked in. I remember being in this church for two years and a comm leader saying, you come to comp, go to the gathering, come to 412, I missed the first two 412s. And all the times they shared this, I never gave my heart to it. I was like, I'll go if I want to. Like, I'll go to comp if I feel like it. And you know, there's a verse that says, Be confident in your leaders. Submit to them because they will give an account for you. And make their life a joy. And it also says the counter for the leaders, it says, sure, don't lord it over the people. It says, take care of my sheep. Take care of the people of God. And this is a tension that we, all, we don't lord it over. But can you come and give yourself, give your heart? And I'm say that is the thing about being rooted, about being planted. It's the safest place to be. 
It's a safe place to be. It's very dangerous not to be rooted and planted. Because like you said, you can, when the things come, when the doubts come, when the lies come, you can be lost. And I was in this church and I was like, opinionated. I wasn't sure, confident in my leaders. I was like, I don't know if that's the right way. I was very opinionated. Went to common, I felt like. But I went enough. So that, I mean, you don't raise suspicion. So, so I went, the most I must come was twice in a row. Like I knew if I miss a third time, coffee time, must church. Uh. So I went twice, must twice, max. Then went once, must once. Went, I, but I played it so that I knew uh, the people starting to get a bit concerned. I'd come. Because I didn't want to have coffees and discuss why I'm not in church three times in a row. So I knew how to play it. And the Lord had to convict me one day when I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I was at a place where I was about to be lost. I wasn't rooted. My soil was shallow. I was about to leave the church. The only thing that kept me for my last six months at that time was fear of Tanya. <laughs> I was like, how do I tell her? But eventually I was like, I've had enough. I'm a teller now. Because my, I was low. My soil, I had no roots. And as I was sitting on the bed, like praying, I don't know why, like praying, Lord, how do I tell her? And the Lord took me to Revelation 2, and, and as I opened it up, I read it, and it says, you have, a, you have a reputation for being alive, but I know the truth you did. And I was like, I do have a reputation, because people will ask me to be a calm leader at the time, and I'm like, no, I'm too busy. But in my heart, I was, I'm dead. And then it says, but gather what remains, there is something there still. And I want to say to you right now that if you're sitting here this morning and you're like, you are not rooted. I come and go as I please. Like the elders, like we will not give an account for you. It says those that are led by us we will give an account for. Do we lead you? Are you sheep? Would you come and go as you please? Nobody tells you. You're independent. Because we, then we will not give an account for you. And I want to say this morning, if you know that you, if you know Lord, I need to be rooted. I need to be a sheep. Because that morning the Lord spoke to me and said, gather what remains. Bring those around you that have life. And it says, wake up. Because if you do not, I'm going to come like a thief in the night. You will not know when. And that shocked me into, okay, Lord, I'm going to walk this walk. It shocked me into getting rooted and planted, going deep and going wide. So I want to ask, if there's anything I shared this morning that spoke to you, that challenged you, about being rooted, planted, do I value the kingdom? Is my plans around the kingdom? Am I growing? Am I maturing? Am I having impact where I am? All these things. Am I a sheep or a goat? Because it says the kingdom, in the kingdom there'll be a day of harvest, there'll be a day that will come, a judgment day that will come, when the books will be opened. And on that day, not now, not today, because it's hard to tell the difference between a sheep and a goat, if you're clever. But on that day, we will know who is the sheep and who is the goat. But let us be sheep this morning, and if you know, your Lord, I don't know if I'm a sheep, I don't know if I'm teachable. Have you seen sheep? I've seen a video where the shepherd whistles and the dog hoys, and all the sheep go, follow. I'm like, yo. Then I've seen videos of goats. Oh my goodness. 
was like every goat is hopping in a different direction. One goat is going over the fence, one is going under, one is jumping. It's like herding cats. Sorry, Faith. Uh, And this morning, are you a goat or a sheep? And it's hard to say you're a sheep in this world. You know how sheep is denigrated in this world? Oh, don't be a sheeple. Don't be a follower. It's not good in this world. In the kingdom, if you want to be part of the kingdom, you're a sheep, you're a follower. All of us are followers. It's a safe place. We led. A goat? Don't you want to know that I'm not a goat? Because in this world, a goat is celebrated. The goat is lifted up. Oh no, you independent. You did it your way. You made a path in the world for yourself. You achieved. You did great things. You did this. You did that. It's about you, you and you. Even the very definition of someone that stood out is the goat. In this world, the goat is celebrated. But in the kingdom, it's an upside-down kingdom. It's a kingdom that works the other way. Where the goat is celebrated, when you stand out, you're celebrating in the kingdom. It's like, I just want to be a sheep. Lord, I want to be found in your purposes. So I want to ask if there's anyone that the Lord has spoken to this morning. And I want to, I want to break this thing in us of that we don't want to come to the front to be ministered to. Because the anointing of God is here right now for us to pray. So if the, if the Lord spoke to you in any area this morning, I want you to come to the front so that we can pray for you. If there's anyone here this morning that needs prayer, come to the front. Come to the front right now. And the lady, the guys that put up their hands, if you can come to the front also.